Thank you, Michael. Well, good morning. Hey, can I just, before we start, just, uh, I got a little napkin. I just bumped myself and I'm bleeding. <laughs> okay, front row, I, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I cry a lot because I'm what an idiot. I don't know what it's from. Yeah, it just, it just happens. Hey, I just, I just want to say, yeah, thank you, Gary. Gary just showed me a CPR card, so. <laughs> You're always there for me, Rigger. You always got my back, brother. Man, oh, man. Um, our worship team is phenomenal. You know, when we, every Sunday morning before we all roll in, that worship team and the rest of the, 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 the lead team are out front, and they're praying for the morning. And as they're praying for the morning, morning they are um, expressing their, their, their plan, their thought, their vision for we as we worship. Friends, they spend a lot of time thinking and praying and considering what would be best every Sunday morning. This isn't random. They don't show up on Sunday morning and say, hey, you know, I kind of like that. Let's sing that. No. Thoughtfulness, the prayerful consideration they give to how we begin our mornings. If you look at the last three songs we sang and how it ties in to what we were, what where we are now and where we're going is phenomenal. As I listened to, to Matt this morning express that and tell us where we're going to travel is a blessing. So thank you. Let's give it up for our, our worship. Thank you. Thank you. So this morning, we're picking up, as Mike said, and, and we've, we've talked about uh, posture, proclamation, position, and then two weeks ago, Amy gave us this amazing, vivid painting and picture of being present and, and in presence. And, and I just, uh, <laughs> thank you. Nice. Thank you. Servant leadership right there. <laughs> that is my man. Yeah. If I start bleeding it out, you'll, yeah. okay, all right, you'll, you'll be here. And we're recognizing the effectiveness of a church that hinges on people that embrace the priesthood. That's the calling in, in 1 Peter. If you have your Bibles there, turn there to 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're going to look at two specific verses at the tail end of that as, as we begin. Because up to this point, with these great word expositors and Mike and, and, and Nathan and, and Amy, they've been tremendous in exposing the word and bringing us along in the word. And this is going to be a little different morning because I'm more of a storyteller. I, I'm, as opposed to an expositor, I'm more of a storyteller. So that's the path we're going to take. And I'm just going to pray that, that you would embrace that this morning and embrace the thought of, of you in effectiveness and part of a church that embraces that priesthood. So let's look at those two verses in 1 Peter and the last two in verse 9 and 10. It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who calls you out of darkness and into the wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. 
and you have not you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I say amen to that. Lord, would you guide us this morning? Would you guide us into the understanding that we are a chosen race, that we are a holy nation possessed by you, and we want to proclaim your praises this morning in a unique and special way that we, Lord, can be part of you as you change the world. And in this we pray, amen. I want to pick up where Amy left off two weeks ago. Um, it moved me. Uh, she gave us three questions to ponder at the close of the time we spent together. Number one, what do we stand for? What do you individually stand for? What does this church stand for? Who are we, if, if you will? Um, the second was, who are we as a community? What, what is Reunion Church? as a community, and then maybe intimately, who are we as children of God? Um, and she challenged us in a really special way to be present, to show up wherever we go, and to live generous relational lives that focus on others. That's where I want to pick back up today. Who are we? As children of God, as I say, I, I like to. I'm a, I love to be more of a storyteller because I love to sit with with any of you and friends, strangers, uh, people on airplanes, and just say, "So tell me your story." And I love to hear their their unique and special story because we all have one. None of us are alike. Mike mentioned and, and was reciting Psalm 139 this morning. He perfectly and wonderfully made each and every one of us um, from and knit us together in our mother's womb. And when you consider that, and when you consider that expression, we're, we're considering how do we express God's love in, in a, an unusual way. Where do we find that? How do we maximize that in our own personal life? How do we maximize God's special, unique characteristics that he gave each and every one of you into action? And, and, and being ones, someone that doesn't consider some act of kindness or of service or of, 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 of any stretch as, as we serve God as unusual, we, we call it Tuesday. We just call it just another day because it's so natural when, when we do that. And, and that's part of our, our, our thoughts this morning as we consider passion. Let me ask you a few questions. What is it like when we find that there's a part of your life when you consider the kingdom of God, there's a part of your life that you cannot imagine living without? You have that? You have that thing? You have that special thing in your life? I, I absolutely, I could give up a lot of things, but I could not give that up. And how about the fact that what makes you different? Again, what makes you different than anyone else? And a simple one for me <laughs> that you so eloquently brought up was what makes you cry? What moves you? What moves you to tears? What, what, what brings you to a point where you just go, oh, what is that in your life? And I hope right now 
you're beginning to think about that because again, this is storytelling. And we're gonna take that journey together today of considering just that. You know, the world has a different perspective on the things that we're talking about. They might call it your talent. They might call it your vision. They might call it your calling. They might call it your vocation. But here again, at Reunion Church, we call it your passion. And it's our greatest desire for all of us to, to identify that passion, to, 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 to see that, because that's God's greatest, uh, uh, again, this, this might be a, uh, a personal opinion, but I think that it's his greatest gift, the, the 12th century, and, and it gets misquoted all the time, and I'm going to misquote it. The glory of God is man driven and alive. The glory of God is man fully alive. And that's what he wants. That's what he wants for us. He wants us to be fully alive, fully engaged, fully in a place like none other. And it's easy for Laura and I to relate to that. It's easy for any of us that are parents to, to relate to that because what parent doesn't absolutely want the very best for his children and her children? What best? Laura and I have, have spent all these years with our five kids um, what healthy parent doesn't want to do that? What healthy parent doesn't want to be their child's CEO, their chief encouragement officer in life? I do. And since they were just so little, we used to say, little Jules, who do you want to be? Or JMO. So who do you want to be? And I remember when Jules was this big, she said, Daddy, I know what I want to be. I want to be a dolphin trainer. And Jamo said, what? forget it. Jamo says, I want to be that Zamboni driver, Dad. I said, who doesn't want to be a Zamboni driver, man? You're just, you're on the ice. Yeah, how fun would that be? And, and, and it seems simple, and it seems trite, but, but we as, me as a dad and Laura as a mom would say, wow, that is really cool that you want to be a dolphin trainer. What do you think that would be like? What do you think you need to, what, what, what skills, what things do you need to, to accomplish being um, the very best? And I believe that that same kind of conversation of snuggling up alongside as we have with, with our kids is exactly the long conversation that your heavenly father wants to have with you this morning. It's the exact same conversation where he comes alongside you. He comes alongside me and says, so... What do you want to be? Tell me your story. Where do you want to go? I really believe that those kinds of long conversations are not just for individuals, but they're also within the beauty of the, the body of Christ and in his church. And if you flip to 1 Corinthians, I, I believe that Paul gives us this perfect example in 1 Corinthians 12 of just that. We're going to look at, at two specific verses in there. First, we're going to look at more of a, of a macro view of, of what he's considering this to be. And he says in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7, he says, Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There's different ministries, but the same Lord. And the different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for what? The common good. Three points in there. Different gifts for each of us. 
And each of his, his, his children, same spirit. Different ministries, same Lord. And then different activities, different activities, same blessed gifts. For what? Say it. The common good. And what's the common good? This is, what, this is where he takes it to the next level. And he gives us this beautiful description of what the common good is. And he uses the, the comparison of the church to a human body. And he says in verse 12 uh, through 22, he says, And for just as the body is one and has many parts, and all of the parts for that body, though many are one body, so also is Christ where we all baptized one spirit into one body, whether Greeks, Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free, and we were given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. And if it is not for the reason any less part of the body, and if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It's not for that reason any less part of the body. What a great visual for all of us to think that what a waste if we were all hands and we weren't feet. What if this body we call reunion was filled full of eyes and no ears to hear. I, I, Casey and I were kidding this week. I had the vision of Mike from Monster Inc., <laughs> the, the big goofy guy with one yeah. big eyeball. That's, yeah. not, that's not how. That's not the description God gives us. He gives us this perfect image of a perfect body. Same with the family of God. He has room and expectation that each of us play an important, critical role. Did you know that, have you noticed, no one's left out? No one is left out. There isn't a, a segment, well, with the exception of, of you. He's Jews and Greeks. Everyone is part of the body of Christ. So we need to consider that. We need to think about it. We need to understand that you cannot take yourself, your foot, and set it aside. Hey, I'm just going to do my thing. And I'm just going to, my foot, I'm going to go over here and I'm just going to walk. Well, no. Not only is it just an impossibility, but you just crippled the body. You just, you took its full potential and you wiped it out. Because you decided not to be part of that body. And there's a unique, special, unique place for, for all of us. And, and it's so important that we just find it. This is the thing that, that when, when we, we stop here and say, okay, Mark, I understand that. I understand that we all are unique and we have a place and we need to be part of the body. But I, I, just, I just don't know where to fit. I don't know if I'm a hand or a foot or an eye. or I, I just don't, metaphorically, I just don't know where to fit. And that's why we're talking about passion. Because when you, as a child of God, find that spot with your passion and it's all playing right and you're part of that body, you are unstoppable. You as a believer are unstoppable. And this body is of reunion. Church is unstoppable and the world's changed. 
when we find that thing that we call passion. So we're going to do something a little different this morning and, and, and as we move forward, because I went through this same dilemma. Where do I fit? Where am I going? Years and years and years and years and years, and many of you weren't even born <laughs> back that far. And I had an opportunity to sit with a, a significant church leader, and he personally stepped me through, and me and a few other guys, stepped through this process that I, I, I want to take you through. And it's an identify, it's identifying your gifts and, and a few other things that we're going to talk about, but really identifying your passion and who you are in, in the body of Christ. So I am great with graphics. I mean, I, I'm amazing. I'm incredible. Amazing. I mean, it was so good, I didn't want Casey to even bother making a, a slide with this. If you're taking notes, and even it's on the back of a, of a, of a Target uh, receipt or something, because that's about all my graphic deserves, is, is I want you to make this right here. Can you see that? I want you to write four lines. The top line's a header. And then there's three lines underneath it. Yeah. Nice, huh? There's a line on top. Costco, <laughs> that's even better. Actually, they spend a lot more money when you go to Costco. So, that'll, um, so the top line. Let's move forward. Um, this is an exercise to help you establish and, and consider and identify your, your passion. And in that top line, write the word passion. On the line to the left, write the word gifts. Your gifts. Stop there for a second. Spiritual gifts are an expression of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers, which empowers them to serve the body of Christ in the church. Now, the, the word is very specific about specific gifts, and, and there's those that were, are within church leadership that we all recognize and understand that we see uh, specifically, and those are prophecy, serving, and teaching, and in exhortation, encouraging, giving, leadership, and mercy. There's, there's those base seven types of gifts, but then sprinkled throughout the word are those that, um, that Paul and, J and, and other, other um, writers in the New Testament acknowledge, and those are like administration and knowledge and wisdom, and I'm expecting you to write these down. It's just more, more or less the header. And discernment, being a discerning believer, and evangelism, service and helps, or hospitality. There's a handful of what we, we can broadly call your gifts. So I'm hoping that you're, you're, you're in the process of considering those now. When you think about gifts, where you lie in the spectrum of spiritual gifts, that unique thing that, that God has blessed you with. On the second line, the middle line, write the word talents. What are you good at? What are you good at? What just comes naturally for you? Um, what are you drawn to? What do, what do you find yourself um, drawing to um, and, and, and being excited about? And what, as importantly, what do others recognize as your strengths? And let me just stop there and say that everything we're talking about today is conversation. 
for next week, the week after, and, and, and on. Conversation in, in your reunion groups, conversation with your spouse, conversation with your friends, conversation with your mentors and those that you're mentoring, conversations about your gifts and then your talents. So if we stop there, and so often, and here's the issue, we stop there. We look at our gifts. We identify those gifts. We look at our talents, and we said, okay, then let's go. This is what I'm going to do. This is the role I'm going to play. This is where I'm going to serve in the body of Christ. But we forget one very important characteristic of that uniqueness, how God has wired us. And that's called your temperament. What's your guess, Nathan? What do you think? Good. Calling. We've got two callings. Temperament. It's your temperament. It's so important. It plays a critical role in this. How has God uniquely wired you for service? Are you high voltage or you low current? God needs them both. Are you high voltage or are you low current? Are you a frontline guy and gal? would rather be back in the back. Do you really enjoy being up here? Would you rather be back there? Your temperament. Consider your temperament. And, and I can't tell you how many times, friends, that, and I've, I have to tell you, I have done this, gifts, talents, temperaments, hundreds of times. I, I, I'm not exaggerating. Over 100 times I've done this. I've done this with the family. I've done it with friends. I've done it with, with men and for dads only. I, I've done it with strangers in, in airplanes. I've done it in bars on a, on a napkin. Because it's so important that we don't miss especially that, that third category. Let me give you a super simple story, and it's one that we've experienced here recently. Mike, a few weeks ago, came to, to us and said, hey, need a little help in children's ministry. Oh, perfect. They're on, oh man, they're on cue. I love this, and you'll, you'll hear why. So he says, hey, we really need help in the children's ministry. We're just looking for a few more volunteers. So if you're thinking about it, uh, let me, let Casey know, because um, we could really use you. Now, up, leading up to this, you've been having this thought, this conversation with God, and you've been praying about, how do I fit in? Where, where do I fit in, in the community at large? And then specifically here at, at Reunion, how do I fit in? How can I serve? I'm not serving enough. I, I, don't, I don't feel engaged. I don't feel like I'm taking that, that next step. So you think about it. Well, I'm asking for help in the children's ministry, and it, it, it goes away. The next week, hey, Mike says, by the way, we need some help in children's ministries, and if you're considering that and you're looking for a place to, to serve, then um, why don't you consider it? So you use this test. You're thinking, and you say, okay, well, gifts. You know, I, I feel I have a gift of shepherding, and it's important to shepherd kids and, and bring them along the way, and you know, I'm, I've got some talents um, that I'm, I'm artistic and I, I, I feel like I, I, can, um, I, I can sing and I, I can do the thing, some things that are creative for the kids. I'm talented there. But you know what? I don't really like kids. <laughs> and I, you know, I like things really quiet. I like things really quiet now as we just attested, and we do every week. If someone who really likes being quiet 
belong in our children's ministry? No. If there's, there's any strong point this morning, it's no, they don't belong in our children's ministry. But you feel this conviction. You feel this draw, and you feel like you need to engage, so you do. You call Casey and say, okay, I'm in. And the first week, okay, all right. Second week, kids double. Kids are cranky. They're loud. No, not Cyrus. Cyrus is all, ooh, got the halo. Not my grandkids. Come on. And then the third week, you're really getting frustrated. You're really feeling lousy. And friends, I have seen it once. I've seen it a hundred times where, and I've counseled folks. I've, I've been on church boards where I have, I have sat down with folks and had these conversations where I just, this place is just not for me. Because you get frustrated. Because, hey, I'm only trying to serve, man. I'm just, I'm just trying to plug in. I'm trying to be, and you, you don't understand that you missed it by that much. You just missed it. Sure, you had the, the gifts. You had the talents. But it was the wrong place for you to serve with your temperament. And so often, people get mad at themselves. Then they get mad at Mike for directing us that way, and then they get mad at God. Hey, I was just trying to serve you. And next thing they're, they're calling Mike and saying, they just want to meet with you because I'm leaving Reno. And they leave. And they're frustrated. And they leave God. They leave God. But Laura and I have friends that had this experience more than 25 years ago at a local church that was serving in a high-powered, high-visual ministry. And today, they still haven't reconciled with God as a family, as a husband and wife, because they missed it by that much. They didn't properly set themselves in, in the right role and with, within the same scope and with, with the right people. It's so common when we miss it by that much. But when we find it, man, when you find it, and I'm looking around the room, and I'm looking at people who have found it. I'm looking at people who have nailed it. They have found right where they should be, and they are consumed by it. And it's just so exciting when you, when you see that and when it's when you go to places and you find that um, and I just have to, to share with you my, my own personal um, experience with that I floundered as well and I got mad I got frustrated and then it was identified with some friends and with me on what I, my passion. And anyone who can ask me, I don't care, it's to serve the underserved. That's my passion. I'm here to serve the underserved. And once I identified that, and I looked at my gifts of shepherding, of leadership, of, 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 of things that I feel that, that have been 
um, confirmed by others to me, which is really important when you're considering your gifts. And I looked at what I was talented at. And when I got frustrated, I put myself into an arena where I didn't want to be. I put myself into an administrative role. I put myself into a, a, a leadership role. I put myself into, into something that I do nine to five every day that I don't want to do when I'm serving the kingdom of God. And it put me on a fast track, friend. It put me on a fast track, personal fast, fast track to be serving the underserved. And I'm so, I so look forward to Saturday morning. And, and those that I can be here, well, Laura and I aren't out of town or we've got another commitment. I long to be here to serve the underserved. Um, in India, I long to be, though I was running that organization, I longed to set that aside so I could sit with the elderly and I can sit with my leper friends and, and I could be with those as I serve the underserved. Um, years ago, I was asked to go to northern Uganda and I found myself under a giant mango tree with four village pastors and, and church leadership. And we conducted business assessment models for these four pastors within their specific villages to help them become more self-sustaining. I used my talents. I used my gifts. But then I took my temperament, and, I, and it just exploded. It was one of the greatest times of ministry of my life. So, friends, I just so encourage you this morning to, to take this assessment. Look at your gifts. Look at what you're good at. And then match it up how you're wired. Because if you don't match it up with how you're wired, you're going to be frustrated. Because it, it wasn't a good fit. And once you're there, here's two questions I want you to consider. Does it include other people? Does that passion include other people? If it doesn't, it's not of God. If it doesn't include the body of Christ, if it doesn't include others, you're that foot that's been set aside. If it doesn't include others, keep searching and don't give up. And then second, because you are all so dynamic and you also love the Lord, um, you're going to be asked to do a lot of things. You're going to have the mic experience that we described. You're going to have that not just here and, and, and in other places, you're going to have that experience. So when you do, and you feel comfortable, you feel confident in looking at your gifts, your talents, and your temperament, and you really feel that you're identifying your passion, ask this question, have I been asked or have I been called? Because you're going to get asked. And you have, from right now, Infinitum, you have permission to say no because you don't feel called. If you don't feel the urging of the Holy Spirit and it's, not be, and it's being confirmed by others around you, if you don't feel that, say no. It's okay. It's all right. But don't stop. Keep looking. Keep stepping. 
Step into the next. Step into the next. And don't miss it by that much. I can't tell you how often that's the problem. It was so close, but you just missed. Let me tell you a story of another friend of mine. Um, his name's Michael. Lots of mics. Michael has a remarkable prison ministry. He, uh, he rolls into prison, and he tells the, uh, he and his dad uh, roll into prisons, and they share how they, though they're incarcerated, they don't have to be in prison, that they can be free. And they have been doing this for decades. And the, the, this, this message of freedom in Christ is so powerful um, that, um, and it's just remarkable to see Michael's dynamic ministry. Countless men have been encouraged to come to Jesus while being in prison and not being in captivity. See, what's unique about Michael, is Michael has cerebral palsy. Severe cerebral palsy. And Derek brings Michael up on stage at, let's say, Chino Prison. Chapel time. Or, and when they hear Michael's coming, they're packing it out. They're waiting outside. And Michael, through Derek, will give the message that they don't have to be incarcerated. They, they can be set free in Jesus. Years ago, we were at the Promise Keeper event at L.A. Coliseum. And we had special seats because we had Michael with us. We were down front, handicap section. So we wheel Michael down. There's a group of guys, and wheel it down, and... and uh, uh, it's about 30 minutes before, and it's, guys are starting to, to fill in. There's worship music going, and uh, and all of a sudden, Harry goes, Michael, Michael. And who is that? Who's yelling? So we're looking around. We hear the voices. We look up, and here's these guys, about six of them, waving. And when we get eye contact with them, they lose it. They're just so excited. So we said, come on, come on down. So these six guys um, roll down, and we have this, Michael has this reunion. Now, Michael has this smile that is so contagious. He has very little control of the rest of his body, but not his smile. And he has a special way of communicating with his dad, and when he wants to go to prison, he says, let's go. And his dad will say, okay, we're going. So these guys come down and have this reunion and they're just hugging him. And, and these guys are showing the signs of the streets. Tats, tears. These are some bad dudes that are saying, Michael, if it wasn't for you and your passion for me, I'd be dead. I wouldn't be here. I'd be dead. Michael is one of my heroes because Michael carries out the specific intimate, God-fearing passion that's been placed upon his unique life. 
And I, I just encourage you all to, to do that, is to find that thing where you can be passionate and you can be a life changer and you can make this, this thing called the family of God, the body of Christ, so strong that there's no weakness, there's no cracks, there's nothing that is going to fail because of the strength and the courage of you exercising your passion. And just one last comment as we close. I just want to, to say importantly this morning, what holds you back? Is there anything that's holding you back? I can think of three things that, that may, and one's just fear. I just, I'm, I'm fearful of stepping out. I'm fearful of getting hurt. I'm fearful. In this community, how can you be fearful in a community that, that cares about each other so deeply and wants to walk alongside you and bring you along the way to find that specific passion in your life so you can be released just to change the world? So here's the enemy. Fear is not of God, it's not in his character. And frankly, call it out, lethargy. Eh, lethargy. And I, I got so much else going on in my life. Um, you're missing it. You're missing it. You're missing it. The joy you'll have in your life when you find it and you identify it and you're exercising that gift your life will explode and you'll look back and say, why did I wait so long? And then your past. Too often we let our past define our future as opposed to inform our future. Don't let it define you. Don't believe that lie. Don't listen to that person. Forgive that person. Don't listen to it. It's not of God. It is not of God. Don't give it a place at your table. So friends, be willing to live a life of calling. Be willing to live, take the step, and live the exuberant life. And again, for those that have found it that I know are here, I just appreciate you, all that you mean to the kingdom. And those that have never considered it, take that step and bring somebody along with you. Bring somebody along with you that knows you well. And those that are somewhere in the middle, you're missing it by that much. Come on. Come on. Take those strengths. Take those things that are working with you and for you right now. Just Take it to that next step. Find that thing so you can be passionate in the kingdom of God. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for how you have uniquely and wonderfully made us in a way that we can't even imagine. Take us, Lord, into a place where we had never expected to be. Take us to a place that is engaged, 
exciting and encouraging to others. We pray this in Jesus' name.